Beautiful. Wonderful. All right. Good shit, everybody. We, we got the, that was the first time we've needed to double take the claps. So maybe yeah. we're a bit tired. You know, pro leagues just come to the close. It's been been five weeks of counter strike well, non-stop action. Five weeks for you and me, for Mr. Moses O'Toole over there. A couple <laughs> of weeks, but enough for him to get a beautiful tan. That's Dude, true, yeah. Jason. You are looking very brown. You've been I'm, prioritizing the sun, it seems. I have. I've been getting out there into the world. Uh, I've been going for a run up the coast. I found like a nice, uh, cozy spot that has a big that you know. There's no beaches on Malta. That's the one thing I'll say. Like I've seen very few. There's beaches. a few, Jason. There's a, there's few, a few, but not. You know what, Jason? The, the there's hotel. no beaches in Kelowice either, mate. That's true. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, that's a good point. Well, no, you could you could have gone you could have gone uh, wakeboarding with uh, Parlablet and Maui. That did look like a fun experience. I think Kinga was was there filming. It, they went uh, to Auschwitz was, as well. Yeah, all okay. the fun spots, Jason. <laughs> Jesus well, I was, uh, I was t- you were talking water sports a moment ago and beaches, and I, I thought I would go with wakeboarding, uh, yeah. but that's taken a turn. Um, so anyway, moving swiftly on, uh, the, the, it's good, Jason, that you're embracing the healthy habits. I've been trying to do the same. I've been going around to uh, Henry's Henry's establishment, which is where we, we built a gym once upon a time in, his, it's in the, the basement. basement. It's below the swimming pool. You know, so it's it's very basic equipment, uh, but it's you know something. It's it's, it's a bit of, bit of last night when I finished uh, casting the first two maps, I went to Henry's and we put uh, we put Counter Strike on the TV, and we're working out in the gym. You know, you don't get that's pumped that's iron the, to to double overtime. Yeah, it's kind of like the the geek level workout experience. So that was that was pretty unique. Here's the problem though, Jason. We weren't able to his TV in the basement. We weren't able to put Twitch on, so we had to watch YouTube. Uh, so the only YouTube stream we could find was an Indonesian stream. Oh, a Filipino? I, I usually no. it's a Filipino one. I I see. Oh, that's there's a I, Serbian one actually. Relog is on YouTube too. Yeah. That, so I did find that out after the case once I got home because uh, I left to to watch uh, maps four and five from home. But uh, it was it, it was a grand final that started like real slow. Like the first two maps I did were sixteen sevens, and it was like both teams picks, and it was like, fuck, okay. That's uh It was reminiscent bad, of the final last year with, between Navi and Vitality, right? Which first four maps were like one-sided each way and then the the Mirage one the decider was 16-14 for Navi and they won the Grand Slam. Yeah, it's it's weird like I guess we're still kind of learning about best of fives and again of course there's another discussion about best of fives today. Uh these things always love to pop up. But this is the curious nature of it. Like, I, there's there's so many trains of thought. Right? For some people, they say it's way too long of a viewing experience. Like, I can't be putting aside that many hours of my day to watch this, uh, to stay engaged the entire time. And like, I can understand that angle. Um, uh, but then I, I look at it from like a just if we're just thinking about the Counter Strike purely. Like the way that I start to frame this in my head is I always like reference this to like UFC fights and stuff, right? Like a championship fight for a UFC fight is five rounds, but like, you know, a match that's not for the belt is only three rounds. And like, it's a test you're going into, I think like the term they use in boxing for it is like deep waters or whatever, when you're getting into the later rounds, maybe I'm misusing that, but we can, we can frame it however. Uh, and when the games go on and especially in arenas as the counter-strike level, because players are getting more tired and now it's about how focused can you stay um or can you like thrive in the chaos you know that because the, the chaos starts to happen when players uh, are getting a bit looser and then that's why the games as the best of five goes deeper can it's not obviously not always if the two two teams are of like a comparable level it can get really nuts because like you're thinking about the players in the server boys it was pretty wild last night that zywoo broke the record that's fucking insane yeah. 
That was nuts. I mean, he had the benefit of, uh, I mean, actually, I'm not even going to really make any, any, he did have four overtimes with which to do it. That that probably helped a little bit, but I'm not going to really hold that against him, obviously, 50, anyway. Man. I know, he was nuts. It was it was actually crazy to watch how, how impactful he was in the server. And especially but, when you think about it, I think on, on the overpass map as well, he went a stretch of like 12, 10 to 12 rounds where he only got like three kills. Like there was like half of the map, like he was, he just was like quiet. He went absent and he still broke the record by by like i think like 13 kills at the end of the day it's we went plus 50 with the next closest person in the server for the entire series was uh in terms of kd no oc with plus 13 right kill death right just the fact that i know zai was playing the he's like orping and shit so he's obviously doing a bit more saving uh but that's fucking crazy like that's not close it's not like 13 to 20 that's like plus fit like absolutely wild man and he's been incredible this whole tournament you know in the group stages in the playoffs he kept it up and in the grand final like he ended the the tournament with a 1.42 rating over 21 maps like that's insanely good and if you look at that grand final you know it delivered Elige was underwhelming really I was kind of disappointed with him you know Nitro ended up having a better game than Elige like that's you know you can't have that yeah in a grand final if you if you want to win against a team like vitality but the whole best of five thing man i'm generally against it and then the the we have great finals that happen and you're like wow like imagine if we were denied that like the cologne grand final for example right like in recent history in recent memory that's one of the the better ones right i feel like Though, I think, Jason, you tweeted out to Dupree that you said you would probably leave it for, like, Katowice and Cologne only. And I think that's kind of good middle ground because, you know, I'm just happy that there's no more best-of-ones, for example, in ESL tournaments. That bothers me when it comes to the RMR and the Major, but that's a whole different topic. But best-of-threes are... Are there for the play-ins? For the Katowice and Colognes, aren't they just uh, the first? One? Just like the, the first. Just the first game. Yeah. 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 But you can't Which go out right. or go through without playing a best-of-three. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I, I can see a best of five because you really get to test the pool of both teams. And it is also a sort of an endurance battle, right? Like it's it's different. But, you know, the, the final is amazing. But then you also see that it lasts for seven or eight hours for everyone involved. Like that's just too long. And I'm not even talking about, you know, the economics of it and, you know, booking venues and whatnot. Just like even to, to watch that game for so long, right? It's like... It's too much, so I feel if we if I have to choose between the two, I would I would choose to just not have best of fives, right? If you have to pick one or the other, but if there's a middle ground, it would be for only like one or two biggest tournaments. Uh, you have it like as a sort of a best of five because also pro league has been you had five best of threes in groups, you had a long playoffs, like you already you know played a, a massive amount of games. You don't need a best of five in the end really to to top it all off. So you think they've been like measured up enough there, Yankee? Yes, like they've done. That's the okay. That's the point. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a good body of work that you've built up through a season of pro league. Like you're 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 yeah. fighting a lot of different teams. But th- but the last week, the sentiment from the players, like this was consistent with teams who played in earlier groups, was oh yeah, we haven't played officials in a couple of weeks, and I I, I definitely get that standpoint. Like you're not as like uh, ready to go mentally. You you when you're jumping in the server, it's cold. You're you. You're kind of hoping that everything works, right? You haven't tested it in this environment in several weeks, uh, and then when they come in, there's always going to be that concern of of coming in cold. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how you can can deal with that because there's arguments that could be made, even with 
I saw your conversation today on uh, t- Twitter, Jason, with Dupree, um, and you were talking about the best of fives. And something you were talking about there with Katowice and Cologne is not having it so any team skips straight to the semis and having an yeah. eight-team bracket and scaling the event up as it goes. So the Thursday, Friday being a smaller type venue and then the Saturday, Sunday scaling it up into the arenas. Um, so we have the eight teams get through. And I think like stuff like that is all is all really good. I think like all of that kind of stuff is is how we need to be looking with the championship level of these of these events. Um, and then add the best of fives on top for those. I think that's cool. But for this for Pro League, is there a way to to fix that? Like to with the with the problems we're talking about here, is there a way for, for players to not feel like they're coming in cold or is that just a factor they have to deal with? I think it's going to, at the end of the day, I think it's a factor they have to deal with. I think the only way I can think of to, to fix it would require the players to all be here for a longer period of time. You know, like if you, if you want them to yeah, only come in for happen, a week, right? no, yeah, which is not, yeah, it's definitely not going to happen. The only way to do it would be to say like, we're going to play like two games of each group this week, you know, or like a game from each group is going to happen this week. And the next week is the second game in each group. And you kind That's of, that's what we used to do online. Remember? Yeah, yeah, which was fine for online, and it, and it was good. But yeah, here when you're on land, the players, if they have to pick between, you know, playing for a week and then taking two to three weeks off and coming back for playoffs or staying for four to five weeks and doing the an whole idea. event as we go, it's just not going to work. Well, I have an idea. I have an idea. Okay. I, I just want to, like, on top of this, imagine, okay, so if everybody's, like, over a six-week span in the environment we're talking about right now, what if we just said it was only a three-week span? Like quite literally everybody from start to finish, the max you can be here is three weeks and everybody's expected to be here for three weeks, right? And then the first two weeks, you literally just play out uh, like, I know we said we don't like best of ones, but just hear, me, hear out the full plan and then you guys can tear it down after. Because I'm trying to think outside of the box here. We get everybody for three weeks stint. Everybody comes. Uh, they play a round robin best of ones over those uh, those weeks that we just have like games constantly, just best of ones. You're having like multiple different streams um, and you get like good teams versus some average teams. You get, you know, everybody gets a, a real crack at things. And then at the end of the group stages, after the two weeks, the top, I don't know, let's say we had 32 teams, top 16 teams go into a single elimination bracket. And then we play that out in best of three format with the best of three final. Like, Isn't is that, that a the- better format than what we have now? Isn't that the blast format that we just criticized like two weeks ago, <laughs> three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Well, no, like 16 the, teams from the group stage qualify out of 32. Yeah, but you still have that that round robin games that don't really have an impact other than seeding. I guess you do. You're eliminating some of the teams, but it, I think it's you lost similar. me the best of ones, chair. But the thing is, we we have to have a we have to have a way to to get the teams right. So the thing is, we just said that players we. Players don't like the fact, or I don't know if they don't like the fact, but, why but they have do, a concern about why, being cold. Why are we still caring so much about what players think or want or need? Like, can you because, explain to yeah. me, for example, why is why are the group stages in Malta instead of in Poland, for example? What was the? Can you could you tell anywhere where the players were and where things were happening? Did we create any content with them around Malta? No, no, I think that's half like, the problem with this like, deal, right? Like, yeah. if anything, just put them in Katowice, right? They only need to be here for a week. And believe me, like, when you're on a team, you don't care where you are. Like, you know, I have, you have a game each day. You're not going to, you're not going to leave the hotel, basically, except for a walk or, I don't know, to maybe go Dinner. grab some food together as a team, right? That's it. Like, I you're d- just going to be practicing, uh, getting ready, going over the games, doing prep for the next game and playing the official, right? And, and as soon as that's all done, you go home because the group stage 
is over. So get them all in Katowice for the groups and then for the playoffs, then you can actually move the whole production. Then it's not too expensive because it's just a week. It's even actually less than other events that you run where the playoffs now, the whole event runs for two weeks or something along those lines, right? And all of a sudden you fixed all the issues that you had this season in terms of technical difficulties and whatnot. You have way more cool content. You have more entertainment because the talent are all together and we can mix and match more and do cool stuff, right? Like what the players like Malta more. I, I'm telling you, there's players after this experience that would rather be in Poland. Why? Because half of them didn't get their luggage because it's harder to fly to Malta than it is to Krakow or Katowice, right? Uh, and there was like, I don't know, I'm not even talking about, you know, Moldgate and all that stuff. I'm sure they were satisfied with the fact that it was sunny and that, you know, but just the fact that they had shitty connections and some of them had to travel for 10 or 12 hours to get here. I know Nico for playoffs, he had to sleep in Rome for a night and then leave in the morning to come to Malta because there were no better options for him than that, right? Like, it, yeah, it feels so ridiculous within yeah. Europe that, that you know, you can't have, like, a, within six or seven hours sort of a, a travel day, right? So but That's where I think they missed the mark, though, Yanko, is the sense, like, it, they... Part of it, you would assume, is to advertise where we are, but they didn't prioritize that part of... Bro, the, every the day, we, we we are the first shit, obviously. So we always do the pre-show, right? That's a different thing. Pre-show is what you do outside of the games for all the viewers. Pre-game is when we have Liquid Vitality Vito or, you know, and then that's the pre-game. Pre-show is when we talk about the whole day and what happened yesterday and you don't dig into the games just yet, right? So every pre-show, I see the same one still this boat right in malta and it's like this is all we're doing it's a nice boat and this is like we are supposed you know they're sponsoring this or whatever and the whole reason that we're there is because of this and yada 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 and there was nothing until then in the playoffs i finally see this different like, hero shots yeah different yeah. hero shots and stuff and i'm like oh right this is how it actually looks like so i don't know it just felt so strange well, to me i <laughs> guess that the deal includes that the players are there for the duration and that's why they set it up this way, but probably regret that part of the if, deal. If Malta, that's if I yeah, imagine. if that's not the case, then I feel like we just you know could have done it much cheaper, easier, and gotten a better product out of it. But they did announce <laughs> like until twenty twenty four, right? Like so, that's. I think, I think this pro league really showcased some of the oversights. So. Yeah, they did. I think it just showcased some of the oversights that I think might have just kind of slipped the net in terms of conversations about this deal, which is yeah, I, yeah, I would, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be locked into this one. Yeah, like you take a look at it. ESL Pro League to return to Malta's ESL Gaming and uh, Gaming Malta Extend Partnership until 2024. Uh, ESL Gaming, a part of the ESL Facer Group and, and the Ministry for the, uh, the Economy, EU funds and lands through the Gaming Malta Foundation today announced the extension of their partnership for ESL Pro League until the end of season 20. The expansion will see Malta be the host location of the biggest and longest running Counter-Strike Global Offensive CSGO League featuring a $850,000 prize pool per season by bringing both conference stage and group stage teams to the Mediterranean island. So this is on the Gaming Malta website, which is the, is the partner, so which is part of the government, right? So this is a government-funded initiative to bring the event to the island. But you're correct. Like, I feel that it's ESL's... Well, I would assume it would be part of the deal that it's ESL's responsibility to show off the place that we're at, right? And give people the 
the experience of, of being in this place because Malta is looking for tourism, right? They don't have uh, exports. They, they, they don't really have any natural resources here. It's a very small place. So they're trying to, I, I would imagine with some of the iGaming stuff and uh, the, the crypto stuff they have going on here, now they're looking at like esports. So they're trying to turn this place into a Mediterranean tech hub, right? Yeah. A place where nerds can come with the sun, um, which, you know, I'm here, <laughs> I live here. I am a nerd and the sun's here. It's kind of cool for me. It's like I get to be, I, you know, in Australia, I didn't get to be part of like the network that's out here of, of esports. So living in Europe and living in Malta somewhere, I have similar weather to my home um, and I still get to be close enough for the video games. It's, it's kind of cool. Um, to, to to the point though, like too, like what Yanko said about creating content around Malta, I, I thought it was funny when I saw the probably the most you know only content I saw that was about a location at this event was Maui's food review of a Vietnamese <laughs> restaurant in Katowice. <laughs> like that was the that was the one that was made to showcase where where people were. It was it was Katowice, which was weird. Yeah, I guess like we should have been doing things, but this is the thing: what type of content do we do? Maybe it would be funny, like if we I, had like. Like, like, hear me out for a concept, right? Because yeah. we have to think about our audience. So how are we going to show off this type of content to our audience? Well, they're going to be, our audience is between 16 and 35, right? That's the core of our audience. And then obviously there's people younger, there's people older who watch, but that's like the core. So of that audience, how do you sell this place to them? Because that's one of the problems that we would have to think of how to solve here. If we had like, let's just say it's a bit more of a parody, like tongue in cheek. And me and Henry live here and Machine as well. Um, and we're, we're here and we're, we're being tour guides for the players and we take them to Medina and we have really no idea what we're talking about, but we're fucking spouting some, I don't, I don't know, like something that could, could bring some, some comedy or some humor to advertise the place. Cause Medina is like this beautiful, uh, it's over 4,000 years old. It's, it's the, was like the original city here in Malta. Uh, I think it was built like in 60 AD or something like that. Right. Um, that people would get shipwrecked on this, on this Island. The importance of this Island, like historically is, is kind of cool. And then you have the natural beauty that's around as well as the the cool weather. So like selling off the the positives of this place is something that we would have to think how to do. It, when I put it like that, it doesn't sound that hard to sell, does it? Because there's some, in, some interesting things for, for different people. Like yeah, I mean, geeks. yeah, I was going to say you could have like break content because of the amount of times I saw like 40 minute breaks on the screen. It was crazy. Like why during that break do we not have like a five minute piece where like, you know, maybe we get like a tourism guide in Malta to take us through some of the historical things and you record like little five, six minute cuts of him going like, you know, I think Henry told me and I, I would assume this is true. This is one of the most bombed uh, countries from World War Two. Like it's got an incredibly rich like World War Two history to it. Yeah. And I mean, I know that's not exactly the sexiest thing for today's gamer, but something that's going to show off some of the attractions that can come to you the hero shots of teams like why isn't one of them taking place uh, on the south side of the island they have those like dingly cliffs uh, yeah, is that what yeah, it's called, yeah. Chad? Yeah. That are like beautiful when the sun's setting. They have like St. Paul's catacombs. Like have a different team at each of these different like beautiful locations on the island and your hero shots are there and it's showcasing where they are and showcasing the island a little bit. And I mean, you could you could do it that way, but even just not even any kind of specific content, right? If you think back to, if you just want to draw like a, a comparison to an event that's very similar in its kind of idea that they had is the face it finals that were in Cancun. 
But, you know, sure, like yeah, you yeah, very yeah. much felt watching and being on that broadcast like you were in Cancun at a resort. You know, the desk was positioned with a view of the windows outside in one of the hotel suites. Um, you know, they I mean, this give or take this, but they gave us like a, there was a stocked bar where the desk was and we were opening that shows, helped. drinking like a margarita. Yeah, it did help. And taking like shots of tequila. We started, we started the show one day. Yeah. And oh, it was Julio. like, I mean, you get a vibe that the players are actually in a destination and you get a vibe like the tournament is actually there um and so you build the set around that kind of concept of like okay again work with malta what kind of vibe do they want to put off and let's build a show and build an environment around the around the show and around what we're constructing here to give off the feeling that malta is the actual location of the event but it's also one of the most hilarious things to me as i think we talked about this a little bit uh, in previous podcasts about what we think epl should be and and so on and that like the two most entertaining like moments in the broadcast outside of gameplay yeah. were when there were technical issues and the talent was actually allowed to do their work right and showcase themselves and also obviously the hooksy moment right him being brought in and then also Katie and joining for the cast i think people need to understand like this is also talent doing this right like it's you know it was the guys on the broadcast who kind of suggested it live or or it's sometimes people behind the scenes just talking to you know people hey can we talk to this player or some someone offering hey i'm with this guy now at the bar or whatever i i ran into him in the player lounge you want me to see if i can get him over to to join the cast a little bit right and obviously there was like a lot of interactions as well a lot of eyes on it like people seem to have found it very entertaining i found it very entertaining the hooksy thing and also the the thing with katie and like he brought a lot of great insight in the game i was a bit worried because it's hard for a third guy to fit in and like you know but he did a great job at it and i think it was you chad right and and matt who were casting yeah yeah so i think you set him up really well too so it's like wow it took two tech issues for us to for for ESL to be sort of quote unquote forced to to do things that way, which we've been wanting them to do from the beginning, and it got positive feedback, so it actually might be our easiest like selling point, you know, making the case for ourselves for for next season. Well, we joke about this, right? Like in the sense that like uh, when we had to do all the filling back in the old days, because there were so many tech delays or there were so many issues, right, that were unforeseen, because the game hasn't been wasn't always. Uh, taken care of as well as what it is right now right there would always be a lot of ddosing back in the day with certain events right and there would be yeah. delays or valve would do an update on a tuesday night and there wasn't a way to do a better client a beta client back in the day so uh then what would happen is you, like we just have to sit and wait for the update to happen and we have to update the servers and if you couldn't contact the person who fucking had the server box to update it like you were there waiting for hours sometimes there would and 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 we would more often than not just be left to go and talk and it was like podcast mode kind of like we're doing now but more pointed or you know maybe it could be a bit more funny or whatever and that's just guys who like counter-strike talking to each other with a microphone on right who, who you, we're not just throwing numbers at each other we're not just you know like and we're, we're having fun and, and that kind of stuff and i know that the show is a is about the counter-strike right at the end of the day but when there is downtime, and we have seen a lot of 40-minute break timers, like there's a lot of things we, we could do in those times, but we're not, we haven't been uh, enabled to do it. It's like when you guys are off, off set, like it's just the three of you guys talking to each other and that same dynamic all the time. You need like, everything needs to get mixed up, bring players in, have different, uh, different bits to spice it up, right? It can't, just, it can't just all be very cut and dry. But 
It's all right. I think I think it's good, boys. I think things things will. I I have I'm in a positive place. I, I know that things have gone place. fantastically, but I I think we're in a positive place. I mean, for me, I was very disappointed with this season of pro league, and I'm disappointed that things are going to be the way they are for the RMR. Right. Luckily, you know the games are all that matters, and there's a lot on the line. So, but you know we're not going to be able to do as much as I think we all would have liked to. And obviously, the RMR being so close to pro league is a problem as well but the fact that for the rmr you know a part of the major we're not on the same location as the players like the desk isn't and everything for me that's like unacceptable like i can understand pro league it's five weeks long and you know there's complications and whatnot right but for the rmr like i think you just had to find a way to make it happen if you're esl i'm also not completely sure why we are in malta and not in poland again for that at the very least well that's true the north american players were flying today but i i guess because but they're going to stockholm exactly yeah. that's, you know, that's my point though there are people flying today like, yeah I, I i'm saying there could have been a different location so, with 32 setups already available right so you know um, that again, that seriously limits what you can do but i will say this you know i've been more patient like than most like people have been losing their shit like earlier in the year and i understand this is like a big merger that needs to happen and and whatnot it's not as as simple as as people might think right and now what's done is done right i think the major will be much better i at least hope so right and you well, know think if, about how katowice and cologne were right yeah like, but if the, they were good if the major goes great then all of these things won't matter as much and you know that's the last event for yourself for this year so you know there's there's a lot of time until next year katowice or pro league whatever goes first but for that, like, that's it. Like, that's when you need to have your shit together. You can't have tech issues. You can't have audio issues. You can't have delays and all that bullshit. Like, that's it. That's where my limit is, right? And I know they've been made, some changes have been made. Sean is coming in, like, to oversee CSGO. And I think that's a good thing. At least I'm hopeful, right? But, you know, we've been hopeful before as well uh, about a bunch of things. So... I think after the major is done and everything, like you, you already need to start working on things for next year and like put out just a better product. Than- yeah, well, that's what we're working on already, right? Like having these conversations we're having now, the ones we have in private, like the, the stuff we want to pitch and take to them. Like, I, I think the thing is as well, we, we're the ones who are like always doing Counter-Strike, right? And I, I think like I have, I'm like, my brain's fucked, boys, you know that. Like, yeah. but my perception is like everybody is like a, as obsessed with counter-strike right and looks at it that but but obviously people are obsessed with different things or they have like different jobs or focuses or whatever not everybody is like watching counter-strike for fucking six to eight hours a day and if they're not watching counter-strike they're playing counter-strike right that that's not everybody that's obviously like the the smaller margin of, of people in groups um so that's something that i think like if if we offer up like the stuff that we know and we we try and think about these things like from sensible different angles and um, offer solutions and good reasons and things that maybe could have positive influences on, on certain sponsors, then that's all good stuff, right? And the thing is, I want to try and offer the help, you- right? I think, and that's that's why doing this, it's... It's weird, right? Like, because you once upon a time we were just like mercenaries, but now we, we don't really want to be mercenaries anymore. We want to kind of be on the ground level there, helping out and and uh, seeing if we can offer any assistance with stuff. But it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation. 
I'll tell you what though. One 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 final last final thought that I have on this is <laughs> you want to talk about a dodged bullet with ESL. Imagine if FaZe had won the Grand Slam here. Imagine having to be the sales guy who had to walk into the Intel office and ask for a million dollars for the fifth season of the Intel Grand Slam and be like, this is what we did for season four. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like this is what we did yeah, for IGS season four. Like that's a real dodge bullet that FaZe got knocked out because I don't think anyone would be raising their hand to be the guy to go talk to Intel after, after you know, with the, everyone saw like the, the trophy lift moment. It's nothing crazy, but just that, that environment it was to the be same in. last season. Why didn't yeah. we care last season? Well, Did because COVID it was, it was out of COVID. Care? It was yeah. out of COVID. It was the first land back and everyone kind of knew the constraints that were on the situation. We weren't even allowed to have a crowd. That was the event too, where the players weren't even allowed to like leave the hotel. Like they had to have escorts to go down the halls in, in Cologne to run that event. So um, I think that, that fell into the COVID era. Of, of Wait, passes was it? being Wasn't given that up. No, it was it was Cologne. Dusseldorf was, was this uh, year. It was it was Davi winning in Cologne. It was the first event back out of COVID, wasn't it? No, but they didn't oh, win yeah, the Grand Slam right, there. They I won mean, the like, Grand Slam at Pro League. What I what I meant was I don't mean the Intel Grand Slam. Sorry, I mean like even the trophy lift for Pro League last season was oh in, yeah, yeah in just a studio environment in Dusseldorf, right? But we didn't really care then. Was that because of COVID? The one before you bang on, yeah, that, that definitely was because of COVID. That was like the tail end. I think that's that was one of those things where I think individually people as humans stopped caring about COVID, but as like giant corporations with liabilities, there were still a lot of concerns about COVID. I mean, even the hotel we were at was like... Alexi Beast in, in G2 with that. Because he <laughs> couldn't he couldn't come initially because he got COVID. So they had to play with a stand and they didn't make yeah. the playoffs. So G2 had five weeks with no official games. Yeah, that's oh, he arrived that night, shit. right? And played like yeah. two 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 games or one yeah. game or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty rough. That's yeah, not that brutal. But yeah, that yeah. that hotel I remember was snapping at everyone for like not wearing not wearing masks around. But at that point, like COVID, mm. it felt like it was it was kind of over. But I think also, I mean, obviously ESL made this deal with Malta, you know, before the, the merger and all of that, right? And it before was in a, COVID, right? And before COVID, and it was in a position where they just needed to find ways to make money, really as simple as that, right? They need to, oh, actually, they need to find ways to lose less money, I guess, to, to begin with, right? But even back then, I, I would say it's debatable, but especially now, it's like, you know, it's great for someone to offer you money to come to a place, but there needs to be like some certain minimums that they need to be able to fulfill outside and just paying you an X amount. Like, you need to be able to fill an arena with like two, three thousand people, right? Like, let's say Odense. I think it's a great. Oh, you need. There need to be standards. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, exactly. For the host right. country. Yeah. Yeah, okay, exactly. Right. So, for example, Odense for me for pro league is fine. It's like yeah, that, I think that is. I think that is perfect. I, I think it's that great. Like, it's, how much was it? Like three, four k, two k, something Wait, like I, that. Travel's a pain in the dick to enter. Oh come on, you get a dude, long you get, bus. You, you man. just go. You get a long you fucking go to, bus or a train. Dude, you go to Copenhagen, which is easy to fly into, and then you have to like drive for an hour and a half or whatever. And also depends how it was you like. Wait, it was and like it was like two hours, two and a half hours. That was Jason, that's a long like shuttle. The, it's in Denmark. It's like the Jetsons. Everything's perfect. There's dude, no piece like, of trash <laughs> on the ground. Everyone has a fucking Tesla. I, they're hover I do think Unso. I think was a be- is a beautiful city. I would be happy to have it there. I'm just saying. Let's not let's not talk about it like it's perfect. Like there's no negative. That is that is kind of a pain to travel to for for. But I mean, it's on the list of on the list of issues. It's not it's not a big deal. I just wanted to you know. Get that out there. Yeah, I just I wanted like to bitch there, about man. something. I understand. It's in your well, DNA. Look, it might also, in Jason, my defense... Jason, gain down for me a little bit. Yeah, a little you're, bit. Just, you're... Just a tiny bit. All right, all right. We're getting more passionate. It's fine. This yeah, happens yeah. over the course of the, um, over the show. Maybe it's as one of the few people who have to fly for like 17 hours to get to Copenhagen, having like a two-hour shuttle ride, you know, is a bit is a bit brutal. Move to Europe, motherfucker. 
Oh, get the fuck out. I mean, it's, so there's a 45-minute drive every time you come to Katowice, whether you land in Krakow or Katowice. So. But I love that scenic drive. I, I get to see the, the actually, Polish no, country. Uh, do you? It's, no, it is very green. It's actually very lush and it, it is nice. So yesterday it's, was the first time I saw the sun in like 13 days. It's just cloudy every day. Never mind. But yeah, the point being, the, the whole point was, right, that that size yeah. of the crowd it was just about the point was only about the crowd right for an event like pro league that's fine you know i i don't know who's trying to sell it that way i don't think he, not even esl is necessarily pro league is not like a super prestigious event it is what it is it's a, like a lengthy event with a lot of games a lot of volume and it's a part of the grand slam and that's why it matters and for a lot of teams they get a lot of reps in and it's important for the lower tier teams that qualify for it that's where we get to see some new talent for the first time like that nerds kid from endpoint who seems good. to be very good right yep. uh and, and also for organizations to kind of you know get something back and in the long term pro league i believe is going to be important potentially because of you know things like revenue share for some of these smaller teams and whatnot and so on and so on Right, but is it like do do players grind Counter Strike all day because they dream of winning Pro League? No, they don't. They do it to win the major and Katowice and Cologne and the Royal Arena event for Blast, and that's you know kind of those are the like main events you think of when you think about Counter Strike. So you need to make it more entertaining, showcase the players more, and then when it comes to the playoffs. It's still great teams. It's still a lot of money on the line. Everyone still wants to win. And that's when you make it like a bit more serious. And th and you are for sure still able to attract the big crowd because of that. Because you have the world's best teams, the world's best players. And having an arena, something like that, 2,000, 3,000, whatever it is. A lot of times it isn't about the number of people. It's about the structure of the venue, right? And like the setup, it, yeah, yeah. Like that blast groups that we played in 2020... You know, in that studio yeah, sort of environment, that was Jason like was that too. was like two hundred people there, even if that. But it felt pretty cool. Like it was a small yeah. studio. The players were across each other, right? So you had cool interactions there. And when the when the fans actually did cheer or something, you could feel it as, uh, as a team, right? And that's all it. That that's all you need, right? Can yeah. I can I circle back and get, I want to bring up something that I think we're that's a, probably a pretty important part of the conversation in my mind that, that okay. we're kind of missing out on. Um, I like we've, this. We've, we've taken we've taken a few episodes and we've we've, we've 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 heaped some dirt on ESL and I think that's that's well and valid and I, and I deserved. Um, but there's another there's another party in this equation that deserves some criticism and that'd be Ooh, the teams. Here we go. Oh, that's yeah. that's the teams and the team organizations themselves because the way that this now, Jason. the way that this league is structured is that they are part owners and partners in this league. They have a higher rev share of pro league, and if you're a partner in this situation and your brand or the, your teams and your brands are the ones being represented, your players are the ones being represented, and and you are a partner in the product, it's time to speak up. It's time It's time to actually fight and say, this isn't good enough. And, and they probably have more influence than any party from the fans but, to the but talent, hold up, hold up, to hold the up, players hold up. I'm themselves. With you. I'm yeah. with you, Jason, but I need, I, need a, I need to ask this question to you. Okay. I, I, blood juice. Oh, <laughs> Yanko. Yeah, Yanko. Uh, sorry, oh, this, is, this, is, this is just teams. This is just teams speak. I muted myself on Audacity. Don't worry. Oh, my. <laughs> God, uh, for those okay. for those listeners at home, he's just blowing his nose aggressively in the microphone. Fuck, it was that was wild. Okay, uh, the the question the question I had for you here is, it, so we don't we don't actually know the what the Louvre Agreement says, right? That's not a public document. Not entirely I don't believe. Correct. Okay, so right, if we don't know what the document says here, I understand what you're saying. I'm with it. Uh, they would they should want a better product, but 
what should their contribution be uh, in that consideration, right? Should there be like the players, uh, because I know that we haven't, an environment isn't set up at the moment to get the best from the players. Like the, the best type of environment we always cited was the summit version where the players feel comfortable and they uh, they want to come and spend time on the couch and chat with us. And, and you know, yeah. we get some of those organic moments, right? Now that environment isn't set by ESL, but does there need to be something like, and let's say that, but let's just live in a world where it is set by ESL. Does there need to be something in those contracts to tell tell the players or the coaching staff or whatever that, hey, look, you need to spend some time in these environments over the course of the broadcast, giving your time um, to different segments or maybe like cast, not casting a match, but giving your contributions during a map. Because right now we work on the on the process of if players would like to, right, and their management says it's okay, then they then they would come and join us. Yeah. And, on, and then our, our pool of people who are good at that is even smaller, right? So it, it you have to think about those yeah. factors. So how do, how do we kind of get that as part of what you're saying? Because I'm with you. Certainly at the moment, I think a lot of that depends on the goodwill the players have and that we've built up as as people with the players over the years that they're they're willing to kind of come on the broadcast and trust us to, to not try to throw them under the bus or, bus or have a gotcha moment, certainly. Um, yeah, I mean, they already they already kind of have that in a way where they have those obligations and media day, they're required to give certain amounts of post-match interviews. And, you know, even if, you know, the certain games where it's like, even if you're a loser, someone from your team has to come give a loser's interview. They have those requirements built in. I think the, the change would come because you would need to add some things for, for something like this if it's going to be a bigger part of the show itself. Um, sure. And I don't think that should necessarily be a hard thing to do if you're ESL and you come to them with a game plan or an idea or a pitch to say we need to change the attitude and environment and philosophy behind pro league and we're going to ask more out of you guys and the players and then you have to sell the teams on that kind of a concept to get that added into the contract or to get the teams to play ball okay. with you yeah I like but that. then you also have to you also show hey look we're going to give your brand more exposure on on the broadcast you know your players you know you're going to have your team jersey and your team sponsors are going to get more direct airtime they're going to be more involved we're going to help you this kind of a presence from a player on a, on a desk or on a couch or as part of the show in some way is going to allow fans to connect with this player and build individual brands that can then be lent to the the strength of the organization overall so i think that that pitch comes later but you know the overall philosophy and game plan and idea for the show and for the product has to be improved before you can go to the teams for that pitch but um why do you yeah. need to like am i the only one who feels like well first of all okay i understand you you have the contracts about you know doing the input you have to do an interview after the game and that's all fine right Mm -hmm. I, I don't think you should put stuff like this into a contract or anything. I think it should just be common sense. Like, again, we should all be on the yeah. same page here, like trying to create a more valuable product for everyone so more people would watch it so there would be you know more better sponsor deals more lucrative sponsor deals and then you know the pie gets bigger for everyone i think sometimes people want to get like a bigger they're arguing about getting a bigger slice of the pie when the pie is super small to begin with instead of just like pulling resources and everyone you know working together to make the pie bigger for for everyone, right? Uh, there's even an argument that you can make that actually the teams should come to ESL and ask ESL to involve their players more, right? Like so, that that would actually might make even more sense. So they could showcase their brand, their sponsors, their personalities a bit more, right? For me, sorry, Chad, just quickly. For me, it's also like, you don't need to go further than the first summit, I believe, and the second summit when they like used different talent to see what the difference is because i think that's also one of the things that you have experienced talent 
in for we have relationships with some of these players teams and whatnot right and obviously as you said jason they trust us that we're not going to throw them under the bridge under the bus and <laughs> or bridges or buses yeah, and yeah, yeah you know like and uh, and take advantage of it and they trust and they feel comfortable with us and they're going to give more genuine answers and have more fun themselves and kind of showcase their real personalities right like that's that's another thing that that you get when you hire people like that sure i'm with i'm with you there but so i want to ask then because we're not at the point that we're talking about here right why are we not at that point is what what's the what is the broader vision or lack thereof in Counter-Strike, uh, maybe it's the the thing that's stopping people from doing this, from from going all in, right? Because we obviously find Counter-Strike very entertaining. It's something that we is is our life. So it, is it is it really just the fact that it's counter-terrorist and terrorist and bombs? No, or no. what's going on? I mean, uh, well, firstly, I thought your question is why we're not there in terms of as, man, as much interactions with the players. And I was going to say that's because the show isn't structured in a way where there's room for things like that. Even though it's gotten a little bit better lately with these moving sets that we had, for example, Cologne and what we did in Dallas for a little bit. And then we bring in players to do post-game interviews there. And when we have more time, you know, we even, you know, do something on the Telestrator and have them kind of listen to it and then give their piece, right? Did we guess it right or whatnot? So I think we should change our show in a way to be able to include the players more, especially you know, in these group stages, in the early phases of tournaments, obviously, you know, the players are going to feel less comfortable coming on the show, you know, or on the desk when there's 10,000 people in the arena or coming onto a cast when there's, you know, half a million people watching, right? Like that also changes the environment for them. But as far as the sponsors, unfortunately, it probably is still a little bit of that bomb and C4 and AK-47s and but I don't think it's the sponsors, right? It has to be the faith from the teams and I, ESO and everybody, right, to want to go all in. Because what we're because we know we know that these teams uh, make money, right? And ESO, like, well, what's what's the goal now? You have to think what the goal is now. Is is the goal to run good Counter Strike events, right? Or what's what's the plan? That's that's I, the thing. I don't know what the plan is. So, I th- yeah, Jason. I think in a, in, a, in a broader sense, and this isn't just ESL, I think it's all operators that Counter-Strike has had over the years, and, and I think for good reason they've been stuck in this, but I think it's just the underlying philosophy needs to change, because I think there's kind of two ways to take the angle, right? Is like you either are looking at Counter-Strike and you want to make more money off of it, and one avenue to go is to say, let's find some ways to cut some costs and have our margins kind of grow that way and, and try and do like you know the same amount that we're doing now with less, or the other way is to say, um, okay, now's the time that we actually need to build a more compelling product to be able to grow it in that sense and, and to be able to bring more money in and to be able to create something that fans want to engage with on a deeper level. And, and, and that's the philosophy shift that needs to occur is at the moment, like nothing, if you, I mean, if you just look at the tournaments that we've been running, nothing's, nothing has significantly changed in the past five years let's say four years, maybe there's definitely been like adjustments, like tweaks of things like the HUD's gotten yeah, better or but with nothing like segment significantly, changed, you know, or, you know, we've had new toys come in like different ways to telestrate, you know, that like the thing is we've had ups and downs, but we've never really maintained that level. Like what Yanko was doing uh, when he was casting with Dinko and Dallas and drawing mid game, like that should be like a mainstay in something like pro league. And it would be great. Like, I would love this to be going down. Like, uh, let's say I'm casting with Alex and Yanko's there. He's watching the game with us on the couch. But his main focus is once he sees something, he's then going to bring it up. This is what I did in the trio shit with uh, Alex, Henry, and myself. 
was like, I would mainly be focusing on that. And then when something happened, like a smoke or something that like was a, a cool strat or whatever, I'd bring it up. And then in one of the dead moments, well, maybe not even a dead moment, if I could explain it quickly enough with the thing I just built, I could I could show people in like 15 seconds, be like, yeah, we're moving to the CT half. This is their gun round setup that he likes to AWP here uh, and then sets that tone. And then we take that into the round. Yeah, and I'm but like, all right. Yeah, that's that's small potatoes. Like that's no, that's, it is. But they, all of these things that's add not going to move the, the, to the, the needle, experience. right? Yeah, like, but that's yeah. yeah. It's one example of the things right. that they've added, right? Like in the past as well, we have had like uh, in pro league, pro league with a bit more of a fun vibe, like having rush being able to chip in, like do communication with the observer. It's something unique. It's something a bit different. Having like uh, what did we do with Nealon one time? We had it so that we showed Nealon. Uh, he we were on the on the interview directly with Nealon. And we, we can show him on the preview around, right, that uh, happened and something, it was cra this crazy round where they got lost in the smoke and two players made it past him or whatever and they didn't see him and he like lurked out and we showed him that round and asked him if he knew that like he passed him in the smoke and shit. Like that's a thing that we don't do now, right? But all yeah. these things happen once upon a time, but we've never been able to maintain those cool little tools and, and shit. And obviously the, the tone, that bigger point that we're talking about is all part and parcel of this. At least it's yeah. the way I see it. Yeah, I think I think just at the end of the day, and this is why the 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 ESL deal with the merger and, and, and the Saudi deal and everything was so kind of compelling to me in, in this way was that I feel like this this should this would give the the idea is that it gives the runway to be able to plan to grow things into bigger to get to be able to like kind of take a step back and and realize you no longer are entirely constrained like we were five years ago just by by money coming in and being able to make that money and you can actually come up with a more long-term plan to grow the product in a, in a meaningful way um to start to start bringing bigger things into it and bigger partners into it and actually try and experiment to see if you can make some products that the viewers and, and content that the viewers will engage with and the fans that will enjoy that can bring more value to the partners and to the sponsors and and all that kind of stuff and um we just haven't quite got there yet and i, and I think that goes back to the conversation where we're just like okay rio's the last event of the year some breathing room for esl to look and assess some things um and just overall i think that that kind of philosophical shift from our tos to where it's like okay now it's time to look ahead like what's the next big significant step we could make to, to get this product to be to the next stage because we haven't we haven't got up the ladder a single step in my mind in like four years, five yeah. years. But I guess that's the way we've been thinking about things, and now we're actively and out of necessity. Things, right? I'm not I'm not trying to be like critical of not not that kind of progression. I think you know we we no, know from at, our close relationship. Yeah, yeah, we're just ready now, and I think that's yeah. that's the expectation that at least I have. Well, we got to think about this Counter Strike. Well, it turned ten years old at CS:GO this year, and the game's been twenty years, right? Like we're we're rounding, but uh, like you think about those factors, and you think about where we started uh like i'm sure we mentioned this on the show before but like watching games back in the day was staying up till late at night because of the time zone i was in on irc watching the scorebot or yeah. maybe i was fortunate enough where there was a go tv ip and i could get like a winamp plug-in and be able to sync up paul red-eye challenger to the uh matches that are happening in front of me so there was commentary and i could be my own observer um you know and then now it's obviously evolved into to this this big production and we have different streams and different languages all over the world and different TV takers. And, uh, you, you consider the fact that there's co-streaming and there's all of this shit going on. And just, I understand, like I'm, I'm reminiscing a bit about how far we've come, but we have come a long way in a short period of time. And also, maybe, yeah. 
uh, also too, I think sometimes we get a little bit harsh on this and impatient with this, uh, with our, with our TOs and the people we work with. I mean, we also have to remember too, there's, there's also like a massive industry wide technological shift with live streaming. Like it is still very, very young in the lifespan of live streaming. And as you just, cause sure. you just mentioned like co-streaming, nobody knows how that's going to fit into the bottom line in any way. Nobody knows the right way to utilize that as, as a TO, right? Like, you know, even, um, Riot's been doing it a lot over in Valorant, but then all of a sudden you realize, you know, the main broadcasts for Valorant sometimes seem like underwhelming in terms of viewership because co-streaming is such a big part of the viewership of, of the growth. So um, and that's something that I would imagine TOs don't really want to have happen is shift the importance to to like individual streamers co-streaming your events where you can't really control entirely the content that's being put out. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of technological. It's almost in as if, Jason, nothing can make up for not having a great game. <laughs> yeah true. i mean you know yeah. counter-strike is so appealing in itself that you don't really need you know everything like all oh, stuff is a bonus but game like games like valorant especially early on they need to make them more hype or whatever right you you bring in bring in those big names and all of a sudden wow it's all this but you take out all the fluff and how fun is the game actually to watch and to play yeah i'm but sure there is a I, certain amount you know for people otherwise no one would be playing it i'm not disputing that but you know the yep. more you have to do around it, the more it tells you about the game itself. Well, it's also, but, uh, yeah, it's different that, strategies, obviously. Uh, also, that's that's not entirely where I wanted to take it to, because, for instance, I think actually I think actually this, this co-streaming thing that ESL is doing with Gala is at the Rio Major is going to be massive. I think that's going to be a huge. I think that's going to be like a, a, something that when they see the success of it, obviously Gala's in a Brazil Major is going to be like far and away like the, you know, it's going to be like the, like the, yeah. It'll be like the new example of what co-streaming can be, but I think that's going to be a strategy based off that success that ESL is going to be looking at and saying, how can we incorporate this more into our events moving forward? Wouldn't it forward? just be go to Rio more? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, but no, like, I'm being serious. Wouldn't that be the, like, because you have to think about this. Golas is a unique market. You, you're you not going to get like a fucking, I don't know, an XQC to, well, I guess if, actually, yeah, but no, I don't think so. I was going to say, you're not going to get an XQC to stream to and create like an environment like he, like Golas has. Right, right. This, and, and I think it, it, won't, won't. it won't it won't be as big, but like I think that's going to be something where they look over towards Katowice and they're like, why don't we have Pasha come and do like a co-streaming event, you know, exactly. for, for a I day. think that's like, the, you know, I and think the gonna... answer is do it like low, get one, the main guy or main couple of guys for that region. Yeah. And so, so I mean, for... I think I think it's going to be interesting to see how they build off it, because I think that's going to be huge. And I think Counter-Strike needs that kind of stuff, because that's part of the industry that Counter-Strike has never tapped into. Yeah, you mm -hmm. get like pa Pasha and Isaac in Katowice. You get, uh, how do you pronounce it, guy Pixel in, in Germany, I guess, in like maybe someone else, right? In the US, obviously, then you have uh, Flom as like the current one. But, you know, you could probably like get Tarek and potentially yeah, shroud nice. to i guess shroud you might, might not even need him he's probably too expensive at this point but uh yeah grab, know, a, grab a Tarek. Tarek, yeah, like sure. stewie at that point potentially as well right and then i think that's the way to go about it like just locally in the scene you tap into that sort of because that's obviously where the majority of the fan base for that streamer is going to be right and that's how you can make this make this like cool addition and a and a crossover right i think that's actually probably the way to go all right. Well, do boys. we want to touch yeah. on the RMR or are we out of time? I don't, I don't know. What no, the we have. We've been going are. for 50 minutes, so we still got a okay. bit more time. Uh, uh, time flies yeah. when you're having fun, right? Yeah, I was just looking at here, the... Man. No, I was looking at the 3 p.m. thing and I thought Yanko had to go do makeup for... for no, that's at 4 p.m. Oh, nice. Yeah.
Come on now, Jason. My bad. I you don't know. Everything. So we have the RMR, but first we have a little bit of the dramas. Like, wait, wait. Not... Oh, the dramas? Okay. This Which one? Mine wasn't drama. What's your drama? Well, there was a couple. Of, we had a couple. Like we had, obviously, I mean, the, the actual report after we touched on the conflict injury was that he was actually in oh, the yes. fight. I read this out on after. HLTV yesterday. This was uh, this was something special, Yanko. <laughs> but I think that was also like we commented on it. Like I guess all of us on Twitter probably or something like that. It's just like one of those things where it's like, come on, man! Like, <laughs> are you actually know. are you actually serious that you are allowing yourself to get into anything like that? And then it's also not a massive surprise probably to a lot of people. <laughs> Either, well, also, so. you know, he violated our, our number one rule of working in esports. All you have to do is, is not fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. but so like I think like you look at some of the context in this specific one, right? So with the with the report that's out there, it says like the there was an eyewitness who's like a named eyewitness now, and then even at the bottom of that Jackson document uh, article, sorry, it says that they verified it with other eyewitnesses, right? And it lines up the story lines up. So the story goes that this is the report. Uh, I think the guy's name is like, it's either like Michael or Michelle de Jong, um, is the guy referenced in the article. Oh, Chris J's brother. Sorry? Yeah, Chris J's brother. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, but he goes on to say something like the guy kicked Config and spat on him, I'm pretty sure. Uh, let me see if I can bring it up here, Jackson. Da, da, da. So this is the thing, like the, the report, I and I would be pretty upset if somebody spat on me. People should never fight, right? Don't get me wrong. But like getting spat on, uh, the promoter spat in Config's face, kicked him, and disappeared into the nightclub as bouncers arrived. Dijong told Jackson. He added that he offered his help as a Maltese, uh, as a Malta resident. Uh, some minutes later, the promoter left the club. Config noticed him and wanted to go for him. Dijong describes. Config saw him and ran after him. He was unstoppable. I followed a few <laughs> seconds later because I was worried. Dijong said, and added that he tried to get Config back to his friends, but it was too late. They went into a fight with fists and kicks and went to the ground when Config shouted that he broke his leg. According to Dijong, an employee from a nearby hotel came to the scene and called the police, who arrived minutes later with Config's group of friends. Uh, he goes on to say, I've experienced some pretty wild stuff on Malta, but this was pretty crazy, Dijong said. Yeah, I mean, it's just mental. It's also, I realized very early on at Dreamhack Winter 2015, the infamous Richard Lewis Loda moment as well. It's like, you just can't get into physical altercations in esports, especially if you're not universally liked by everyone, because people will be out there to get you and like frame the story, how it suits them, or just even if, no matter how the story goes, no matter what the facts are, people will find a way to turn it against you. And not to mention for actual players, it's your livelihood, right? Your hands, that you would actually use them in an altercation, right? And put them in danger and being potentially unable to like, you know, perform and play and whatnot is just ludicrous, right? Like anyone who doesn't realize well, that, who needs that to have explained to them is like, how are you even in this industry? Well, they're clearly well known enough, right? To be to be noticed on the street of Malta, by the way, right? Like, so, so this guy, it says in that piece that, uh, where is it here? I want to make sure I, I get the... I get the quote. Um, okay. So, Dijon enjoyed a night out with friends in Malta and enjoyed a snack on the way home. Suddenly, he witnessed an argument that quickly escalated between a nightclub promoter and a guy who he recognized as Config as he follows CSGO a lot, right? He follows CSGO a lot is the quote there. So, this is somebody who watches Counter-Strike, knows who Config is in the context of things and has noticed because like 
a fight like this in Pastureville probably happens all the time, right? Like that's the, the, this is if I'm going to be honest with you. But because it's config, you're right, Yanko. Like the, you're a you're a person who's known by a community, uh, and these things unfortunately have ramifications, right? So, um, yeah. And again, people should never fight. Don't fight. Fighting's bad. Don't fight unless you have. Yeah, I, did, I I felt I felt like we needed to comment on it, but I I didn't want to like you know. There's not really too much to talk about. It's just. Yeah, do you, well, no, idiot. but it, it does go into the next piece of news, though, right? Exactly. Yanko, I think, yeah. I think you, you're like right in bringing this up because now today as well, uh, this was this morning at eight fifteen a.m. that uh, this Christian slot guy, same guy who wrote the the piece about config, um, revealed that uh, NIP uh, and Astralis are in discussions of getting a device back for Astralis. Uh, yes. So, yeah. Now. The thing here is the way that this ties in, it would have been, and, and this is the thing, actually Farley during the group stage, he was actually playing pretty well, right? And there was even an yeah. interview with Farley where up. like they asked him about the device rumors and he was like, yeah, look, I can only do what I do in the server. So I think he had the right mentality for all of this. But uh, the idea that device could be rejoining Astralis with the team that's there right now, you know, it's like, oh, fuck. So they're currently using Mister as a, as a, as a stand-in or that was the substitute from the Astralis talent team to, to play the RMR. And if they don't qualify at the RMR, then like, because I think, I think if they qualify to the RMR, then Device could join after the RMR and then play the major, right? That would be his return straight back into the major, which could be fucking crazy. Uh, but you think about it the way it is now, like if Config's out and for, for this this reason and he's not allowed back or it's too bad PR, we don't know what the fallout's going to be with Astralis here, right? We have no idea uh, and, and concerns to Config in the team. So then what happens, like, what happens if they don't make the major? Like, device still comes back and then they have to i guess that they have six months to kind of get in shape for the next major do what roster changes do they make yanko like what are we what are we talking about here boys because this is actually pretty well, fucking crazy i thought the config thing was going to be a blessing in disguise for for astralis anyway because they had this role clash thing and then glaive couldn't finally stop playing anchor and could play rotator again which would probably help him a lot the thing that i don't know is this chad can farley just be a rifler because he's had like decent rifle rounds, like he's had, he's been good with the rifle, right? At times, so then you just put device in instead of config. You you move Farlig to anchor. Device is the opera, and and Glaive plays the rotator, right? In those roles with blame, they like config did with blame, something along those lines. Or you can also just get rid of Farlig altogether and get like a different rifler because Denmark has so much talent, right? I, think, I feel like I that's think, that's the way you, you go about it. Yeah, I think I think the play is. I don't. I don't think. I don't think there's a world in where we see Device playing at the major. I don't think there's a world in which he comes back before Rio, even if they do qualify. Uh, I think ah, that's bugger, hold up, boys, hold up. What, okay. Jason, can you repeat that again? My headset just kind of zapped for a second. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think there's a world in which Device plays at the major. I don't think there's a world in which he comes back before the major. I think he's going to be a signing that's officially announced afterwards. And I think you go into this if you're Astralis. Why not? And you, I, no, I'm spreading fake news because I just read this. Device is not eligible to play for Astralis yeah. if the team qualifies for the major as the rule states that a team cannot adjust their and, roster between the RMR and the major. I thought that there, I didn't think that there was a, a oh, roster okay. lock situation in the original rules. I'm pretty sure. I'm going to Jason's right, them. of course, again. Yeah, yeah, so as keep your point, Jason. I want to see if I, because I thought when Valve released the rules, it didn't say anything about a roster lock. I was talking to Striker about this. Maybe I miss it. 
I think maybe I misinterpreted what it said, but I'm going to go see if I can find it with Striker. But yeah, I think I about. think you I think you go into this major, and I think the assumption's got to be Device is coming back for Farley, and I think you go see what Mithra's going to give you at the major in Config's place, and if he actually performs well and shows good things, I think you slide him over um, and bring Device in, and then you and then you kind of see, and then you kind of go from there with with Mithra just being moved up to the main roster and Farley being out and Device in his place. I think the real kind of tragedy of this is I think in I think there's I, I would hope in my mind I'm sitting here looking at Astral. And I'm like, this is where I think they've got to be kicking themselves for not trying to pick up any of the Copenhagen Flames players that were like discounted. Oh, there's been multiple situations like this, yeah. isn't there? That's like the it's just thing. one more where you just sit there and you're like, fuck, this is like a, a mistake that's like had like five times compounding interest on top of it. Because all those all those guys from Copenhagen Flames are, are are still looking good in their respective teams right now. I mean, not not blowing and lighting up the scene in any way, but still looking like very solid players and very dangerous players within their respective squads. So, um, yeah, I think this is this is kind of an area where I think Astralis is going to realize they've they've sort of mismanaged the roster to a certain extent. My my question is like it's with Astralis, it's I, I I'm so lost at the moment of where. Zipix is in terms of this team in the sense that, you know, for a long time underperforming Zipix, having a tough time finding comfort within his role. It seemed like he was going to go out a couple of different times over the over the past like year or so. I'm just I'm just wondering, does it does it feel to you guys like he's got like a solid, you know, solid ground look, to stand look, on look, within look, the look, roster? Look. Is he still if, in shaky territory? If if it, it if this goes the way that let's say let's say worst case scenario, Astralis don't qualify for the RMR. That's that don't qualify for the major at the RMR. That's like catastrophic, right? And it's a potential that it could happen, right? That they they might not make it because the quality of teams uh, and the fact there's best of ones here, like there's there's always a chance. Because let's say that a couple of teams get upset in the first round, then later on Astralis somehow get matched against one of the better teams. Maybe they don't make it, right? Uh, if they don't make it and device is coming back, they can do a complete rebuild, right? There's yeah. there's no reason to to like if you're sh don't don't just bring device in and go okay, well let's work with the pieces we've got. If you don't make the major, then make some make some drastic changes here. So bring device back in, probably keep Glaive to in-game lead, uh, and keep blame of course, right? Uh, and then bring in two more like. I don't know, Danish up and coming stars, talents, some something that out there or move aggressively and try and poach. I don't know. I, I guess poaching's gonna be a little bit harder. But you I think you need to do something a bit more aggressive, right? Because if you're gonna have a six month runway until the next major anyway, start now. Like start building the base right now. And if you do have a couple of good players that you can bring into a system and Glaive like is able to use these new pieces and adjust to the way the game's being played right now, that might be a better method than holding on to what you have. But if you qualify for the major in the RMR, hold on to what you have, rejig the roster around like you're saying, Jason, and then uh, try and try and bring device in after the fact and, and see what works best. Because if you have all these people on contract anyway, right, do yeah. with them, do with them, try what you want. As because like that's probably the way this is being managed now. If you're the guy at the top and you, because it's big business in that sense. Oh, I'm already spending this much money on this guy, and if I bench it myself to pay, let's just try and see, right? Let's not spend crazy money more. Let's just see what we can, and that might be the angle. And if that's the angle, then Fair enough. Uh, I don't do the books over there. The Here's stars. what you do, how you blow up that team and what you do. Like, Zipix right, is 27. Maybe. And also Zipix, if he doesn't decide to learn how to in-game lead anytime soon, I think, you know, his career is not going to last for too much longer, right? I think, think he's he there. in-game lead? Well, I don't see why not. He's, he seems like a smart guy, right? Like, Knowledge-wise, yes. Personality-wise, no. Well, you know, we'll see. 
But I'm just saying that for his own sake. Otherwise, yeah. what you do is you obviously keep blame, you keep glaive, you keep device, assuming device goes there, and you pick up stare from Sprout. Good job. And you could potentially even get Xiphon from Sprout. They're both 18, Good very job. young, very hungry. You have that young blood. You have blame is like top five riflers this year. Like it's him, Yekindar Nico Exile. And I don't know who else you can put up there from the top of my head, like, but those four kind of stand out to me. Probably like Twists or Props or Rain, I guess, someone from FaZe, right? And yeah, you get those two kids. Or arguably, you would probably prefer to be able to get someone like Shush to play Anchor for you or Tessis, but those guys are not going to leave Heroic. They're like, you know, Blood Brothers over there or whatever. Wouldn't you just make Blame do... Like, I understand you're saying Blame really saw Rifler, right? But you're going to have him... You could have him as your more active lurk, or he's still like can anchor bomb sites and shit. I would say. Like, what yeah, but I would I would let him do whatever he wants to do, like because he's playing so well that you know, and devices the opera gets a lot of freedom, and then the rest. And I, I again, as I said, if Glaive is still going to be useful at tier one, he has to play rotator and play off of his game sense and not play anchor, and you have to rely on his mechanics, like. But that feels like he modern never... game leaders, right, Yanko? A lot of them yes. uh, are pretty aggressive. They have to be in the thick of things. Yeah, kind of. And then you have these two kids, you know, great mechanically, and you can rely on them to play anchors for you and kind of, you know, learn the game a little bit as they go and be able to put in more numbers, right? But you have your three most important players already in the veterans. You have your opper, your in-game leader, and your, like, star lifer, rifler slash lurker, which is a role that needs you know, experience, right, and veterancy and, and whatnot. And that's how you, you do it, right? You you stop wasting time on, on Zipex and, you know, he's old. He was great. When he was good, he was great for you. He You wouldn't have won all the titles without him, but he has just fallen off, it feels like. Maybe, but this is the thing, you would maybe want to say, okay, when you make those changes, keep him for like three months, maybe with a good team around him and, you know, he can deliver again. But then you're wasting potential time that you could have had. You know, if you're rebuilding, then rebuild. If you're going to blow it up, blow it up all the way. Don't, like, do it half-assed. If, yeah. we, if, we, if we narrow the scope down to just, just focus on device, what, what kind of level do you guys think he's, he's coming back to? Like, is this going to be, like, a triumphant return, or is this going to be a return where three or four months from now we're like, man, this is a bummer, but he's really, he's really oh, not where... Everyone's going to have crazy high expectations, right? It's not yes. going to be triumphant, but it's going to be better than what Farley or Lucky were doing. So that's all they need. So, uh, like, I, I also want to just build on the, on the bit Yanko said and tie that into this question here, Jason. Like, device as well, yep. he's 27 now. Right, these two young guns that Yanko's just mentioned are both 18, and that could be good for the future of the team, right? Because you've got Glaive. Let me check out old he is, because um, it like I'm not saying people can't continue to play, but they're they're not going to be stars as they get older and older, right? They could be a bit more role playery. Uh, Glaive, yeah, Glaive's 27, and Blamef is he's uh, 25. So the team is already like a, an older team in the mix of things, right? If you brought in these two 18 year olds, uh, that's you're building for the future. And you've you've made some proactive moves. Uh, you tie that in with the return of device. He, there's no reason he can't come back and be in like amazing form. Like the type of orc yeah. he is and the way he approaches the game. And if you take a look, like uh, he's played quite a lot of face it games. I know that's not like scrims or anything like that, but we don't know what he's. Uh, all it is that face it games are public. So he played a lot up until like the 29th of September, and then he played again one yesterday. But he's just like this is this is real though, right? <laughs> I know no. that we're looking at face it games, no, but I'm not, I'm not. I'm not laughing at that. I'm just like, 
they just announced the talent for their RMR. And some of these, some of these sketches, dude, of us, like, oh, yeah. your, yours looks amazing, Chad. But, for example, like, you know, Kassad's nose, Kassad's nose looks real weird. Anders looks like a Picasso painting, like, I don't know, some of them are just like, I don't Anders know. Anders has a nice, a nice pinched face. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry, right? But, you know, for all the listeners, you should, you, you will probably already see what I'm, what I'm referencing. Bled looks, like looks like a face swap app has gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, though. Stylistically, I think, I think it's cool. I like it. I'm so happy with mine. I like look at me like uh. I, like, I think yours Yanko is the best, great. Chad. Yeah, yours is I, the best, Chad. Fucking little anime character as per usual. Um, fuck, I thought Yanko was laughing at my point. I was like really getting into the Dutch <laughs> conversation. I was like, oh, no, no, this no, isn't no, that I'm bad. Sorry, I, I didn't, I didn't realize referencing face it was that bad. I was just trying to see the activity of him in the server, you know. But that's the thing. Like, I guess it depends on where the team's at when he comes in, because I think no matter what happens, the Danes are gonna see him from an angle of this is our fucking knight in shining armor returning to lead us to the bastion of hope he's the chosen one and like imagine if the story plays out like that imagine if they do aggressively make some roster moves he comes in he has the new generation some young guns to take under his arm back in the server fucking toe to toe with the simples and zywoo's open away bang bang fucking blame rifling like a god out of his mind glaives back in the mix getting these crazy pushes he's like he's keeping up with the with the young in-game leaders it's it's sick that's a story we're selling it bang put it on the side of a bus stop it's happening they return they get a couple more majors because who knows? Like, I'm not saying device comes back, it equals major, but you could build that fucking story. And that's that's what I'd want to do if I was Astralis. I'd want to come in and say, all right, listen, we had a couple of tough years. COVID fucked us around a bit, but we've got some some pieces here that we can work with. Let's make some aggressive moves. Let's uh, show that we want to compete. Let's hunker down real hardcore. We're, we're getting towards like the end of the time. We're probably going to win a bunch of trophies. Let's give it a crack and see if the Glaive device combo is better than the Dupree Magis combo, right? Bang. Oh, I wonder. I wonder how. I wonder how tilted they are. That the, the vitality guys, the the other guys, <clears> just went and won a won a big event right out of the right now. But they I made a, that, like, They made rivalry. one of those type of like good roster moves, right? They saw a piece. They yeah. went, "This is what we need. Let's fucking make that trade." Bang! Spinks comes in. Uh, he's now. They we now have a star trio over there. Magisk was back in good form, right? You had some good play, some great play from Zywu. You had good play from Spinks and, and Magisk, and and they, they won a trophy. Like, yeah, they made some moves. And sure did. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Like that's that's the thing with Counter Strike at the moment. I the overall conversation, um, how like competitive is it right now? Because we were going to do power rankings. We we might run out of time to do power rankings. But if we start talking about it now, maybe maybe it works. Because we, we look at Phase, we look at Navi. They both got knocked out in the earlier stages here. But then we can bring in a lot of like we could we could bring in a lot of factors, right? We could make a lot of reasons as to why, but I think the thing that we need to look at is the counter-strike in the server, right? That is that is the most telling sign here. Like we could say, oh, this wasn't right, or maybe it wasn't a crowd, so there was no intensity, that's fine. But the thing that we can look at in this environment is the counter-strike in the server. And there was some like rough moments for both of them where they didn't look like the indomitable selves, FaZe and Na'Vi, right? It, it felt like before, those two, maybe some teams would push them, maybe some teams would take them out, but they would outclass them across the best of three. Then now, teams are like taking maps, they're pushing them, it's looking a bit more awkward with the two of them, and there's there's names in the mix. Like, just quickly, and we can dig into any of these as you boys want, but Liquid, okay, like, they showed some, the, the world rankings for Hazel TV is going to come out today. This is drastically going to change the top 10. So, it's kind of like their power rankings are about to happen as well. But, uh, 
Liquid look fucking fierce. Like if your kinder can continue to entry like that and doesn't get figured out and they don't work out to slow him and Elise doesn't drop off like he did in the final, like Elise Naf rifle combo is fucking sick. OC in the playoff form was fantastic. And Nitro, like, you know, he's doing his job. Like he's not always doing his job, but he's most of the time he's doing his job. So then you've got uh, G2. They look pretty scary, but I think that they, they, they choked. They choked that 15 to seven lead. There was some bad calling. There was three individuals who went missing. It just, it just wasn't it. But you saw them throughout the group stage and in the game against Na'Vi, what's possible. You saw it when Nico's just beasting and everybody else is doing their job. And then you saw Monacy beasting and everybody else kind of going missing. Um, you bring Cloud9 in with the type of Counter-Strike they're playing. You bring Vitality and we were just talking about them. Like you, you can bring a lot of teams in the conversation now. It's feeling, a, it's feeling a bit more competitive or are we being baited in by the nature that this wasn't on a big stage? And like what, with the Counter-Strike, what, are we, what is it telling us? I'm I'm gonna rely on on just the Counter Strike and forget the externals of, of in terms of a stage or in terms of a big event and I know that's all a factor but just just for the purpose of this I would just stick to the Counter Strike and this feels to me like going into the major there's probably five to six teams that I feel like could actually challenge and and win the major trophy and you could make an argument for it. I'd put you know all the challenges. I got my notepad document out, Jason. Hit me. I would say Phase, Navi, yep. Liquid, G2, Cloud9, Vitality could all be contenders for the trophy at the major. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's. Yeah, you giggled. Would you? Would I giggled you like because to, the, the, the Would third, you like to share with the class? Because the third team you said was liquid. You, you went phase. I just. I went down. Liquid. I went down. I went down the top ten of the HLTV. Yeah. Okay. Top. Funny how you didn't mention. And no. And yeah. Well, they're not contenders. <laughs> yeah. <for the> fucking, <laughs> I didn't put EG in there either. Which. Uh, which you know. Which. What? Well, well, but you did tweet about them like. Like, I thought that was funny. You didn't find that tweet funny? Putting all the good teams in there and just sliding EG at the yeah, end? Yeah, yeah. Just like as if no one was going to know this. That was like one one shot of Irish whiskey and, and I thought I was being hilarious. It yeah, well, it was a good joke. I, I enjoyed you. it. But like, so, okay. So that like right there, Yanko, do you spew, dispute any of those names or would you add any names to that list? I wouldn't put Liquid in there. Ooh. I think they... Ooh overperformed at this tournament a little bit. Obviously, their level of opposition also wasn't, you know, up there, but you can't hold that against them in a way. You know, they, they, you beat the teams that are in front of you, but the the reality still stands, right? Like, neither Vitality or uh, Liquid faced FaZe or Navi in the playoffs. Like, Cloud9 and G2 did that for them, and then they just beat those teams. But yeah, I think I don't know. I think outsiders, it's more worrisome. Heroic. I think it's I, I, outsiders are pretty good. Heroic, I'm not so sure yet. I don't know why they aren't playing better after that Yabi change. Like it shouldn't be, well, you know. It it. I'm not saying I didn't expect that to make them, you know, cha a championship team. But I didn't expect it to make them worse. What? But what do you think about this as a as a statement, right? Like I'm just curious to get your thoughts. I'm trying to just gauge where everybody's at. So. When you look at that series, that was the one that finished at like 1.32 a.m. in the morning and we had like the two hour long delay because of the uh, Steam exploit situation, right? That's what affected them. Otherwise, that series was like mega close. It was, uh, let me just bring it up. I'm pretty sure it was like two 16.14s or was it like a 16.13, 16.14? Either way, let me, they've already taken the event down on fucking HLTV's front page because we're already into <laughs> RMR quick. starting tomorrow, man. Like, God damn it. I've got to go finished event now. I'll tell you, 16, 14, 16, 14, first two maps. And yeah. Navi was losing on Mirage. Like, yeah, you know, oh, they, God, they, were, they were down 14, so 11, and then they won 16, 14. It was a really good game up until. Up until. 
Yeah, the, yeah. the shit happened. Now, I'm not saying that's the reason they lost. I'm not saying what the outcome would have been, but I'm saying those two maps of Counter-Strike were really entertaining against Na'Vi. And then like, what does that say about, does that say more about Na'Vi? Yeah, but it also, also did Heroic always kind of played Na'Vi close in a way. So you think it it's a matchup like, thing? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say always. They had like games where they lost 2-0 and it wasn't close like Pro League last season. But, you know, they took a map off of them uh at the antwerp major and also at the antwerp rmr right and uh, the the loss on the the second map was 16-14 for uh heroic right like so you know they, they were in a lot of those series i think they just like kind of feel like they know how to play against them i i would put heroic as like an edge case to be in like one of those in that contender category i think my my issue with navi at the moment isn't really anything game related i i think if you compare the navi that we saw going into the stockholm major and even even into antwerp to a certain degree but not not fully i think this navi feels very distracted to me because simple seems extremely distracted and and i think in some situations uh, obviously with everything going on globally and, and and everything with this country like it makes sense and it's obviously going to be there always um but i mean then you look at you know the drama around world 2k and then you look at him picking a fight with with a hotel over mold and I, I think I think it feels like simple. So you think these are factors affected, like truly affecting Navi's performance in the server? Yeah, because when when Navi was at their peak and at their best at the end of last year and even coming into the beginning of this year, the whole thing was just like the, these guys are like machines. Like look how look how razor focused they are on the game. Look how Blade has them like always so well prepared. Um, look at the way Simple is not only being the best player in the world, but he's also being a very efficient leader of his team and he's being vocal. Uh, I think his focus has just slipped a little bit. In some ways, understandable, and I think in some ways that's kind of leaked out and caused him. Um, you know, to drift off course a little bit, and that's what worries me the most with Navi right now. I think, I think they they can snap back in. I think the skills and the and the game is all there, but I think Simple at the moment is losing some. His his eyes are not on the prize at the moment in my so, in my mind. But so so like let's let's think about what Pro League would have meant for them as a team, right? Sure, it would have been a chance to get in the conversation, like into a Grand Slam, like okay, notching the belt there. But it it kind of just feels like the next big one is the major. Yeah, but. Right. I can't. I know, but I, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know what you're going to say here. But like, is that a fair like? Is that a fair excuse for people to make? No. I okay. see. I can't. I can't. I can't include that in my analysis because if we're going to go down the road of saying this team, you know, doesn't really care about pro league, but this team does, then all of a sudden, you like the entire the entire thing falls apart. Like you have to. I have to analyze teams thinking that they're all trying to win but each th and every event a, that they're at. This is an argument, Jason, that comes up, right? Like where it's like, oh, you know, they don't really. Because you see it, like, you see it's oh, they don't really care about this event, the major's coming up. Like, this is not by, like, I would say any actual pundit on air, I don't think. Uh, but, a, but a lot of the forum and the commenters have that, that I commenters, not commenters, commenters, not con, anyway. I'm having a hard time speaking right now. Yeah. All good. Uh, we, got, we got it out, you know, we're going to try and pronounce things as correctly as possible. Um, but people, people have that sentiment. Uh, is more where I'm going with this, and and I'm just curious that like, how that can be like a real sentiment here. But maybe maybe they really believe that. I'm just just curious from that angle because I see it. I see people express that online in the forums and shit. But I I I, I don't know. We, I think, we spoke I, about it. It's the, in, the like yeah, it's fucked. I think I think the appropriate way to have that conversation is the way that Faze have done it, where they're where they're kind of talking about you know a lot of the conversation around around them that you hear from Kerrigan is making sure that the team is in the right direction and is 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 about to peak at the right moment. 
you know? And I think if it, again, if it weren't for like the stupid arguments between World 2K and, and the, the fight with the hotel, I could think not, I could have that, you could have that very same conversation around Navi, but you don't see anyone from FaZe getting in fights with the hotel publicly tweeting and, and having a spat with news articles. And you don't see him going back and forth on stream, you know, during a charity event, you know, bitching about things. And, 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 you know, I get it. Simple's got a very competitive mindset, but I, I just, that the, the publicity in the, in the fights he's chosen to take feel like he is at the moment distracted to me and i that that, that could be me reading too much into it um, um, and maybe maybe it snaps back for the major but that's what it felt like for me at pro league that i've been thinking about for the past two weeks is that navi just seemed distracted i'm sure if you asked him he would deny it and say that's not the case it doesn't affect him at all but this is the first event this year that simple is not in the top 10 players for the tournament you know, out of all the, the 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 lands that they've attended and the big events that they've attended, so definitely something felt off. I thought that the the time in between their group and the playoffs was going to be enough for Blade to whip them into shape and like for them to play much better. And also, you know, that G two series they they lose two one, but they were you know it was sixty nine on both map losses, but that wasn't like a. I felt the game was like pretty close and could have been much closer, right? You know, you go to Inferno where G2 wins the 960 side with JKS having two 1v3s, right, in two really crucial rounds, right? If he doesn't win those, that half is probably 9-6 for Navi at the sure. very least, or even more. Then on Mirage, there were a couple of rounds, right, where there was that round, you remember, where Hooksy stays alive by himself on B, playing around the smoke and gets, yeah. like, three kills, and, the, and G2 wins a flawless round, and I'm watching the game sitting here, and I'm like, G2's, like, gonna get wrecked this round. Like, the call was good. Hooksy was alone there at the start. They're splitting yeah. B on him, and somehow the bullets are just missing him, right? And the support comes just in time, and people, like, look the other way. You know, it's, like, small details in key rounds that make the game much easier to to play from that point on for G2 and much more difficult for Navi. Now, you know, I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from G2. They play, played really well on that day. That was some of the best Counter-Strike, maybe even the best Counter-Strike they played with this lineup so far. Yeah, that's right? what they're capable of. Exactly. And then we could see the next day when they're not as much on point that they're very, you know, mortal and, and vulnerable. So, you know, I, I wouldn't put ring the alarm bells for either Navi or FaZe. I don't think there's excuses for them. You know, I, to, to, they just lost. They were the, the the lesser team on the day, but I still think they probably are for me the the number one and two. You know, we could we should do at the very end here power rankings like for all three of us. That would yeah, well, be, that's I think, that's where we're. I, I was kind of building that here because I wanted yeah, so to kind of me, get the pool of teams is, that we were is, talking this, about. This is this is how I have it. Right, let me just open the rankings just so I don't. How, how deep do we want to go? I was thinking of going to the top ten. Mm -hmm. 10, yeah. 10 at the most, even if I can if I can even get to 10. But I have right now, so power rankings for everyone unfamiliar is like, it's like the you're basically judging the form, right? And the most recent performances. We're not looking at Cologne and all that stuff. We're just looking at like, you know, at our eye test, who we think is like the hottest team at the moment and whose stock is up, whose stock is down. So for me, right now, I have Vitality 1, Phase 2, Navi 3, uh, G24, Liquid 5, Cloud9, 6, Heroic 7, Mouse 8. Just out of curiosity, is 
can you make the argument that if you're just going to do power rankings based off current form, you just go by like the rankings of the tournament that just happened? Well, you know, I also take into account not, <laughs> not the last, played like, like last two yeah. tournaments, yeah, yeah. not everybody played everybody, okay. and and how it's a shorter a shorter time frame than three months is what you're how, saying. Yeah, and how the teams that I've seen play, how good do I think they've played? And even if we like power rank them, like we could just because like this. Oh, yeah, thing... I put mouse no, not mouse eight, outsiders eight. Okay, mouse nine. It's hard to get and, to 10, isn't it? And then 10... Maybe Furia. I don't like Furia. I know you don't, but I'm looking at but it. Like, I, then you're you in the territory of like Spirit or complexity. like... You... Well, I would actually put Spirit there, but they, they played like shit, so I can't. I just like how they play. Yeah, you kind of have to give it to Furia or Fnatic, maybe. I would put Fnatic at 10. Actually, yeah, Fnatic's not a bad one. Fnatic I, at 10. I, I, but when they... So basically... What we could have just because done you have like, to. This is the talk about power rankings. Vitality has eight series wins in a row. They yeah. they haven't lost a series in pro league, and the only two series they've lost with this lineup has been to Navi and to G two in the actually most important game at Blast, and that's after they beat them convincingly. They lost to them barely the second time around. So, yeah, yeah. Like, well, that's that's the thing, right? So, it. The, the balance that's being had here, like I am looking at the playoff Counter-Strike that we just saw and who is playing like the, the best Counter-Strike out of that mix, right? And obviously, like there's a, there's a lot of things here that I look at and I go, yeah, I really like what they were doing in games where they were, where they played their best CS. Like Cloud9, when they were looking tidy, they were looking real tidy. They looked procedural. Everything was on point. Flashes were on point. All of their moves were working. Everybody was hitting every shot. And then when things started to crumble, the exact opposite happened, right? In that uh, Cloud9 Liquid game, Jason, they were missing a lot of smokes. They were, li yeah. like, they were missing a lot of basic utility that normally they'd, they'd nail. So then you have to question, okay, well, why are they, are they missing this now? It's probably a combination of factors. You'd have to assume the pressure of, of the matchup first, right? People go, well, there's no pressure. No, of course, there's always going to be pressure. It's a knockout match. It's a, it's a, uh, for a, a grand final berth, there's always going to be an added amount of pressure to normal. That's just how it functions. Uh, then you have other factors like, okay, so let's say that the, the pressure's playing in here. Uh, how, how much do you look at it that the pressure's being put on them in the server by Liquid? Is it the play style that's making them feel like they, they can't like line this nade up for as long? Or you know why, why are they? What is the core reason that they feel like under that pressure? And I'm sure it's multiple things, but uh, it, it showed in that matchup. So when they were on their peak, Cloud9 looked really hot. And I think that they have a, a lot of pieces that even, like Inter's, seemed impressive to me like i'm talking from the rounds like the things he's doing i'm not talking about necessarily what the stats say like i'm watching in the server seeing the way he's moving around the bomb sites that he's anchoring and holding down while the rest of his teammates are doing stacking together and shit he like i think there's a lot of parts of that team that are that are really good but i'm not i'm not talking a lot about cloud nine to put them at the top of my power rankings i'm just using them as an example of a team who we saw could be really solid and a team who could could drop off if they you know uh, don't have their day and it's the same thing with g2 Right, we we saw the day before a good performance, and the next day a, a very flat average performance. Right, the fact that like that Cloud T side, of, yeah. And then I'm trying to look at other like Maus. They come in, they have one game, and it's against Liquid, right? And they lose. Okay, well, so Maus when they had lots of games in the group stage, they were able to warm into things. The players looked like they they got the groove going. Uh, but here they just yeah, but it, that, that was to be expected, right? Because they have no experience. Yeah, I, I, we had that. Pool, but that's the factor. We had that graphic made for them versus Liquid. Like NAF has ninety four land playoff matches. Like you know, 
and they don't have that combined between all of them. Xertion, it was his first. Nitro has more Valorant land games than, you know, in the playoffs than some of these guys have in CS. So <laughs> That's actually pretty fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's that's what you get. Like, you have to. That's that's one of these things that people forget. Like, yeah, you bring all these young guns. They're great. They're skilled. But, you know, that's going to, you're going to, that's going to, you're going to take a toll when it comes to the bigger games, high pressure situations, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and then like I I don't know that's that's the experience factor that needs to come through. I'm trying to look at some of the other names here in the in the mix that uh, were worth discussions. Like I I like Outsiders. Like I know that they had all that that saving game on Dust Two, which was a bit of a snooze oh fest. My but God. look, that is the I extreme. Really my I think this is day. what Yanko was saying on the desk. That <laughs> Outsiders are the extreme of that, which which is true. But they also have diversified their playbook. They have some faster players. They have some really cool stuff. James had a bad game that game. He doesn't usually have a bad game. Like. That's another thing. And the problem is everybody just takes their analysis on the last matchup. And like, instead of looking at the tone and the overall, like what's possible and the way it gets played, it's like, yeah, okay. Like they lost that game against these guys. That doesn't mean they're just like shit. It doesn't mean they're just like bad. It means like in this game, these were the factors. And that's what we look for, right? Why are the factors as to why they won or lost? And it's not as simple as, yeah, this guy was at the bottom of the scoreboard. There's different strategies, pressure points that are being in play. Like those are the details here. And when we're looking at these teams, and this is why when I'm thinking about ranking them, it comes with how complete they look as a squad, right? Like, are they missing moves? Are they bad at when it's slow? Are, like, do they have any players that they have nobody who can step up and go clutch in a big game? Because all of those things have to come in. So when you look at like a Vitality, a Phase, uh, a G2, and a Na'Vi, they all have like really strong individuals there's not too many players on those teams right there who you go are a liability in the fragging department maybe then some in-game leaders in whatever teams right but they still find their impact they make some really good calls they have good understanding in mid rounds they have lots of different ver versions of openers they're able to like even though they have default a of banana control which is their style when they're going up against i don't know a different opponent they know they, they they adjust their banana control and they're competent and adjusting their banana control like they have experience at doing that and all of these things is showing how complete a team is if vitality can literally only run one way to get banana control and then they get countered and they don't have any other way to do it well then that's showing that they're not complete in that regard right so looking at all those details i i'd put like vitality g2 navi and phase in the same bucket with like competency of players and like what is possible when things are going well, the communication's high, they're the ones dictating the pace, they've got some good moves and shit. Liquid's just outside of that. Cloud9's obviously in the mix in the conversation here because they play that really nice by the book Counter-Strike and are starting to add a bit more flair in there. And then Heroic, I don't know, Heroica, I, I think Heroica good, man. I think I like I think them. I like I do too. I liked I liked watching them at this event. I was I was happy with with what they showed. Even even though it's extremely it's disappointing, but I, I think that especially after the the disaster of bringing him in for Cologne, yeah, being for Cologne and just like complete failing, I think coming out and, and the way they looked at Blast and now here, I think it's it's nice to see them show some positive things that makes you feel like they can they can remain a very dangerous and competitive team. We just don't get to see them as much anymore as we used to. Like they don't play as many games. That that's I think that's just factual. I I I, don't, I have to look it up. Like, let me go look at a calendar year. When was the last year when lands were bonkers? Twenty nineteen, right? Yeah. So if I look at a player and maps played, who was playing a lot in twenty nineteen? Um, simple would have played, played a lot in Liquid, yeah. Yeah, lots of finals. All right, let's go with uh, let's go with the Liege in twenty nineteen. Right, this is gonna take me a while, but boy, boys, fill the air while I look up this stat because I'm gonna have to fucking HLTV. Focus you know. And, you know 
you know who's kind of dropped off the map? I, I don't know how to feel about this team entirely anymore. Like, I'm completely lost about them, but I feel like they th should, in, in theory, still still uh, be good to an extent. Cool. NIP. <laughs> Why? I was like, looking I, at them. How they, is it going to be worse now? How are they going to yeah, be I, I don't know, but like in, in theory, I feel like they still should be relatively competitive from where they were. Like they, they, they've completely lost the plot, like... Yeah, the Alexi B one hurts, but I don't know. The, something about this team makes me going feel like going back to I, English. Just, Alexi B. Is a, I just I haven't. Rez Rez is opening. Jason, did you forget that Rez is now the main opener? No, no, no. On that I team. didn't forget that. I'm just saying they were such a talking point in the first half of the year, and I haven't even heard yeah for them all the good reasons, and now they're going to be a talking point for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> okay. All right, well, so, fuck me. All right. Right. No, yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. Yanko feels Wrong. strongly about this. Yanko, explain to us why you feel strongly about this. I feel strongly about it because for a number of reasons. Like, first, you're switching again from talking Swedish into going into uh, speaking in English, right? That's going to be obviously a... I don't want to say necessarily a problem problem, but, you know, it, it doesn't make things any easier, does it? Alexi B, who received his fair share of criticism from like his time in G2, he, he's the guy you're bringing in to like be your in-game leader. You know, that's probably not going to go as smooth either, right? There's going to have to be a compromise made by him and the way NIP looks at things as well to some extent, which leads to a different problem is that Hampus decided he doesn't want an in-game lead. So, you know, like, why is that even a thing that's being allowed to happen? How did you not stay ahead of that? so to speak, right? And then you have your most killed player mechanically, where definitely up there with Brolan at the very least, you know, very great aim in, in Rez. He's going to be the main opper now, all of a sudden, right? And because he had one good series against Navi with it, like, you believe that's just going to work? Like, yeah. it might work well, let's, after let's, some time. You're changing language and the two most important roles. Exactly. Like, actually, you are playing, just deciding to play the game on nightmare mode. That's why they don't think they, they they have like probably like a three to six month lead time before we see them be like competitive, right? If they stick with this roster, because all the things I think we spoke about it on a previous episode where we like prophesized that if if everything goes right in this formula that they're curating right now, you know, how can you pull the strengths together? What how how can we look at this and like turn it into a positive or see how they can get the best out of all these parts? It's not going to happen immediately. Right, I think they'll get the shock and awe factor immediately going up against like we're we're not going to know what to expect. So let's say that they're beating handedly the teams who are you know the tier two teams that are going to be the RMR. Then good. When they go up against the tier one teams, what are we measuring here? Well, we're not expecting them to win. So that already puts them in a position where we're going to be like, oh, look at this. NIP are close, or NIP have taken a map, and it's going to be like unexpected because we're not expecting them to to do well here. So I think they're going to get like the leeway and then Listen, if they do well out the gates then that's going to be different to what we're expecting for me nip was a team that i can count on making the playoffs of these big tournaments just like the major like in my pickems for the antwerp major like i was pretty you know I, they were one of the easier picks for me to put in the top eight because they were playing good counter-strike right they got uh, an upgrade with brolin as well their t sides were good like things were working even without like a proper opera like that was a solid team playing good fundamental cs and everyone seemed to have a good time so the players were putting up like good having good games individually too and then all of a sudden after one or two bad tournaments right they just decide to blow everything up the the wrong way it feels like as well so now it's a team that i won't have any faith in right but so i i see what you're saying is like oh so we'll think they're doing good because we don't have any expectation but the problem is like that's bad in itself because they used to deliver and, and we used to have like 
reasonable expectations out of them. So that's how we need to frame it. Even when they win games, it's like, yeah, well, you know, good, but they were already doing this before, so nothing to celebrate really too much, you know? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, the, uh, it's just a shame because I think at the start of every season, there's been like, oh yeah, NIP have looked good in Prague or NIP have come out the gates and looked like, okay, or we've been like, we've, we've, I don't know, I've liked something about one of the moves or some shit and then it doesn't seem to pan out, right? I don't have any expectation for them. So for me, I can just put that there. But whether we should have an expectation for them or not, I suppose is, is the conversation that's being had, right? Uh, now, I looked at that stat, by the way. Uh, so in 2019... Liquid played uh, 222 matches. How many of those were on LAN? 183 of those were on LAN. Okay, that's that's an important piece of context, I suppose. Uh, and then this year on LAN, Liquid have played 90 maps. So with the events that are left, what yeah. do you reckon they make up? Like another 30 or 40 maps maximum? I think even that's extreme. 30, I don't even... I don't Our day... Just if they go deep in tournaments, it's roughly... It's roughly like uh, what we're talking best of threes. If they go deep in tournaments or if they go be, long in they, Swiss well, stages, maybe 15 maps per stage of Swiss, right? If it go, oh, Well, no, they're in the fall many. finals already, so they're going to get yeah. some maps there. No show. Uh, maybe, 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 maybe 30 is about right. It depends on if they go to that world final, but I'd say between 20 and 30 more maps. Okay. Or, so, yeah. so people are playing less officials now. I guess it, like it, same thing. It depends on how deep these teams are going in tournaments and stuff, but it's, it's going to be less than 183. But that's the year where they're in every single final. So I think I picked a bad example. I should have picked like more. I should have picked less polarizing teams, like teams that were just doing okay. What's a team that's just doing okay? Big, a bigger team that's just doing okay. I guess. Okay. <laughs> or Furia. Like yeah, yeah Furia. Furia's just doing okay. Let's check up on Furia. Why did I fucking pick twenty nine? What am I doing, man? <laughs> what are we doing out here? Now we got to start winding up shortly because Yanko, you need to get going, right? Yeah, but we're also hitting the one and a half hour mark. So yeah, so that's good too. Now, uh, what do do we have anything we want to cap on off here before we before we get going? Uh, well, we didn't talk about the RMR at all. That that wasn't that that's a mistake. Well, that's might true. as well not get into it now. I don't think we if we're only going to talk about it for like five or ten minutes, you know. Yeah, why? but I guess we we're, because we've all we've been talking on the theme anyway. The number for twenty. Let me just get this out. The number for twenty nineteen. Uh, no, this is fucking not good. That's all time, mate. Here we go. Hold up. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, 80 maps this year for Furia so far, and in 2019, uh, 156. So that's a bit more of a disparity. That's almost uh, almost double. Anyway, this fucking RMR stuff. Uh, we could quickly go over it, right? We don't need to talk about the Asian RMR. There's only four teams. The North American side, I, I guess we're just expecting the favorites, right, boys? Furia, Liquid. Uh, should probably have in the mix here. Uh, so I, I just I just filled I, I just filled this out uh, a little bit earlier, so I can just say the six picks I had. If okay, you, if you'd like. Yeah, uh, Furia, Imperial, Liquid, Complexity. Uh, I did throw EG in there, and I got Double O Nation making it out as the six teams. Okay, Yanko, who you got? For what? Sorry, the, the Americas Arma. Oh shit, Americas! Let's open this. Uh, I'll link it here. AM, I got it. Okay, so Furia, Liquid, Complexity. Oof, six teams? Yeah. That's right. There's so many teams. <laughs> Furia. <laughs> well, then let's go. Freedom, Furia, Furia, Liquid, Zero Zero Nation. Fuck, this is hard. 
Curia Liquid Zero Zero Nation. Uh, EG. <laughs> Yeah, come to the dark side, baby. I don't know. Complexity. The, is gonna the hard fail. part is complexity the is going to fail. They're going to be overconfident. Nah, they're going to fail. Nah. And then who else do I pick? I don't want to. MBR. I think they're going to fail. Imperial is going to somehow get another easy draw and make it, just like last year. And I miss one more team, right? Who's in pain now? Uh, Skulls. Hardzow, Biggie Zera, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pickle. Oof. I'm going to go with my boy uh, Malbs in Team 1, man. Bloody hell. Okay. Uh, I got Furia, Liquid, Complexity, EG. Furia, Liquid, Complexity, EG is for zero, 0 Nation. And fuck it. Let's go with, uh, let's go with Pain. Yeah. There we go. Done. I have Pain as my dark horse to get through for what yeah. that's worth. All right. What do you, do they, okay, fair enough. Uh, and then the European side of things, This is there's too many teams to talk about here, but are there any names outside of the top that we think are going to get in here? I'm just going to quickly read through and let me uh, let me know when to stop if you think this team has a chance. FaZe, uh, NIP, G2, Spirit, Cloud9, Bad News Eagles, Sprout, Aurora, Fnatic, Fours, Eternal Fire, Bait, Ecstatic, Astralis, One Win, Game Legion. Like Eternal Fire could qualify. The type of Counter-Strike they were playing towards the tail end of the group wasn't bad. Because when eight They'll needs need to get through here. Like fours, I, I don't... Like Sprouts here as well. It. Sprouts pretty exciting. Sprouts, Sprouts won't make, make it. Fours will make it. Fours and Eternal Fire are in. Fnatic is in. So that's three. Phase four, Spirit five, G26, Cloud9, seven. And then the eighth one is going to be rough. That's going to be a little bit of luck of the draw as well. Yeah, well, that's always going to be a factor here. Whatever matchups we get, so... That, that will play a, a factor. But I, I agree, like in terms of like the Falls Eternal Fire, like I think they definitely, I think the way I categorized it yesterday was like Punch's Chance. Like they have a good crack. They, you know, they've got some good players. <laughs> they, they definitely have a chance. Uh, the same with, I think Sprout, I don't know. I thought I was excited about the Sprout roster. I haven't really seen enough from it though. Refresh Zyphe instead, that Longs kid and Slacks. That Longs kid was somebody that uh, Ents were looking at, I thought, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it would be exciting to see him. Like, and I noticed we didn't say NIP here. Like NIP. I think they're probably hard. my number eight team. Yeah. Uh, and then what do we got here? The group B. Any of these crazy? Oh, like we obviously we're expecting Navi to be in outsiders. Vitality. Uh, what do you think about? Oh, heroic most likely. Then we've got Ents. Like, do are we worried about Ents? A little bit. Yes. Yeah, we need to see them play, right? We don't know what Counter-Strike they're going to be coming in with. Problem yet. is, like, it's all, you know, a lot of, because of these best of ones in Swiss, right? Like, you know, on day one, you can be 0-2 or 2-0. Or you know, like, if depending on who you play, if you fuck up your first game and then the luck of the draw isn't great for you, if you're Ants, you know, you can be 0-2. And then, you, is, do I wait, think wait, Ants wait, can well, win three best of threes? I, after I don't two think days so. or after, after one day? After one day. Isn't it two days now? Didn't they split it up? Don't you only play one best of three uh, a day with the format? Like, because they do, they're doing group A and group B at the same time. Ah, so, okay. Then, yeah. Okay. I, thought I we think, were doing... I think, I don't know. I have to, I have to look at it. But I thought we did like the start of the day was group A and then the end of the day was group B. So then the next day we did another eight best of ones, right? We started. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just one round on Tuesday, one round on Wednesday. And then we have the one, one games on Thursday and the best of threes as well. So. 
Okay, so it's not only on one day. So yeah, I guess. And Ants plays Heat in their first game. That's not a lock for Ants. Heat no, yeah. is not bad. Like he's pretty good. So you know, it's it's a lot of it is gonna ride on that game for them. I feel like if if Ants goes on two, let's put it like this: if Ants goes goes on two, they're not winning three games. Okay. They're not well, winning three best yeah. of threes. Well, I get the only thing is that's really going for Ants in that matchup is when they played at Pro League, Ants won that series uh, two over Heat. It was like 16-11 on Vertigo and 16-6. But this is the thing with Heat. I agree with you. They're not bad and they 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 know the environment, right? They were here playing Pro League. So they have an advantage as well over some other names, uh, maybe not Ents, but other names in their group who who uh, haven't been here. So I, I'm expecting like, they can't be a slow this slow start this time, Jason, because you remember you were doing the, the first game. I, I think it was you, Jason, doing the first yeah. game of Heat and Afro started like 0 and 12 or something. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. It but then he got into it. He got better as, as, as the event went on and started showing some good form. Like, do we think Heat are a name in this group who who could get through? Because uh, you got Mouse, Falcons, Outsiders, Big, Heroic. You know, I think Big games. is gonna fail. Do you think OG is gonna fail? Big, Big. I think Big is gonna fail. Yeah, I think OG no, but, will ooh. make. Big have a stand-in, so doesn't matter. They play better with stand-ins anyway. Yeah, that's that's yeah. true. Yeah, bit looser. All right, boys, let's fucking let's pack it up. We've gone for a minute, a minute, an hour and forty-three. Ooh. Oh my lord, we've so blown right past one. We'll lose all our viewers now. All right, Listeners. boys. God. All right, let's, uh, let's get out of here. Bye. All right. Oh, yeah.